You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. TalkZone.com. You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. We watched a very moving uh, movie last night called Into the Wild, and it really struck me, uh, struck a chord in in us, and we wanted to uh, talk about kind of the basis of the movie without giving too much away. But basically, it's a, a young man uh, coming from a family with money who uh, rejects it all, and this particular family is sort of pretty pretty dysfunctional and so he has all these wounds from the dysfunctional family which I would contend are actually his lessons but he doesn't see it this way he sees himself as a victim to dysfunctional parents so he runs from them into what he calls uh, freedom which is up if for him is up in the Alaskan wilderness he does that to get free, and then ultimately the wilderness becomes his prison. So, um, you know, even when he was clearly running from his problems into what he, he kept saying, I'm free, I'm free, because he was up in Alaska, you know, I would say, you know, I'd pause the TV and say to Keith, you're not free, he's not free. You know, we never get free from our internal lessons, our internal prisons by running someplace else. You know, the grass is greener on the other side, whoops, and then you get on the other side and it too turns brown. <laughs> you know, maybe because we're there. <laughs> you know, the thing of it is, is that with these lessons, with anybody's lessons, your lessons, my lessons, there is no external relief. There's internal relief when we go about, set about to deal with our lessons and internal prisons when we deal with them internally. So basically, you can be a person imprisoned, being tortured, and still be free. That's if right. If you're free on the inside. You, you know, it's a relative thing. It is. You know, there's a difference between escaping, because when you try to escape from something, even though you're not even necessarily recognizing it, like let's say you're using drugs to escape from stress rather than dealing with stress, uh, it just gets you into the trap of the drugs owning you. So, you know, basically that's what you're married to. Uh, these people in this movie, the parents were married to... Uh, money and the business. So um, instead of learning to transform, like, you know, we're not very happy, we're only dealing with like a third segment of our lives and the other two-thirds is really a mess, so they just kept on escaping into making more money. 
and thought that would heal everything, but it wasn't the whole picture, and they weren't healing and learning and transforming by observing. You know, it's not just money, it's not just success in business, but it's um, learning to have a full life all the way around, and we're, we're not even noticing our children, the, the signs of our children. You know, this boy of theirs did a radical, uh, just left them left them high and dry and made it clear that he didn't want anybody to know where he went. And after a while, it began to really work on the parents. You know, there was another character in the movie at one point who, when he was a younger man, uh, his wife and child were killed by a drunk driver. And um, so his prison became the pain of the loss of his wife and child. So to escape his prison, he went to the bottle, even though the bottle is what killed his wife and child. He And then that became his prison. Now he goes from the prison of the pain of the grief to the, to the prison being the bottle. But then he ultimately figures out that using the bottle to escape isn't winning him any points and he realizes that that he needs to stop doing that and get on with life that the bottle is not going to bring back his wife and child and is also not going to relieve him of his pain so he finally gets off that gets through his pain and moves on with life and and part of what turned him around with uh, being an alcoholic was he realized that that wasn't uh, it wasn't honoring his wife and child that died to waste his life. Yeah, to waste. Yes. It, it, why have a third life go down? It certainly is not what they would want. So that made him go when he finally got that cold turkey. And he just stopped. You know, this uh, alcoholism. This is not doing them any good, me any good. And so I stop. And then he started his own little business and, and got sort of even. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. You know, I'll tell you, folks, uh, we all get born with all kinds of prisons. <laughs> we do. We do. Dysfunctional families of many shapes and sizes and, and colors, uh, we get born not with beautiful looks or perfect looks or handsome looks. Maybe even we're average. Maybe even we're less than average. Like we have some, I mean, we just aren't very attractive, physically attractive people. You know, I'm certainly not talking about what's inside of you. You can have stunning looks and a real bear inside. You know, so it's like... uh Okay, you got stunning looks, but there are a lot of work to be around. So, you know, what value is that? Or stunning looks or terribly handsome looks, but they're total jerks. What good is that? You can have other uh, problems. Your body isn't somehow perfect. Maybe it's not thin as in. Maybe it's got, uh, you know, missing a finger. Who knows? Whatever it is, whatever it has... These, you know, and then people, people uh, hold these as their prisons. Like I'm, I'm just not quite perfect. In fact, what all these things are are your lessons. That what you're here to tackle. 
How about if you have low or average intelligence versus higher intelligence or brilliance? You know, is that your prison? Is that what you perceive as your prison? You know, and I say you perceive as because you can have any of these things and not perceive it as your prison. There's ways to do that. We're going to get into that. There's ways that you work through these and they don't, none of them have to be a prison. You know, I've said this before. I knew this ordinary looking lady. You know, you get around her for a while. There's nothing real special. And yet on a world platform, she's known for being a striking beauty. And um, it was in her mental perception of herself. She had a so very. So she project, projects projected. out. That's right. That yeah. And you know you see the thing of it is you can you can be born not looking like a stunning beauty, just like an average everyday person, but you have a gold mine inside of you. So then you can get hung up on your lack of beauty, or you can foster the gold mine. You know, like a lot to contribute, a good personality, you know, a really good brain, a really good way to go out and help humanity. And you never are perfectly pretty, but you have so much to give. So you can either be hung up on not perfectly pretty, or you can notice what all God did give you and go run wild in your in your service with all what you have inside. So, um, to... You say you have a gold mine in you. How you make that come alive is you become the gold mine. Your behavior, you know, it's like, let's say uh, part of your gold mine is you're really smart. You're in school, and so part of being uh, aligned with that is you do your homework really well. You are prepared for the test really well. You're not just smart rest on your laurels, and make mediocre grades and get to maybe even a mediocre place. You practice the gold mines that are in you. Exactly. What other kind of prisons or internal lessons? We can get born with physical disabilities. What about those folks? Down syndrome, blindness, uh, a limp. You know, all kinds of different things that people are born with. That again, these are the lessons that we can perceive them to be our prisons or we can choose to move through the lesson and not be imprisoned. Um, Helen Keller went way past her limitation of blindness, went way past it. You know, she applied herself. She had psychic abilities. She had intuitive abilities. And she really, really worked hard and applied herself. And the lady who worked with her was with her all the time. It was two of them that did that. Her name doesn't get mentioned much, but she was every bit as much of that um, miraculous thing happening as Helen Keller was, I believe. Absolutely. It's very, very true. You know, wasn't, uh, you bring up a good point because wasn't, uh, Albert Einstein, he like didn't even speak his first word until he was like I heard two that. or three years old. Yeah. And they thought he was slow and kind of dumb, and they were kind of embarrassed about him. <laughs> Don't you remember? I've, yeah, I've read, I remember that. I've read that about him, and you know, and and then he would keep repeating what he wanted to say over and over again to get it just right, and they thought he was nuts. Right. They were terribly embarrassed to have this son, and then he, of course, as everybody knows bloomed into one of the most brilliant people in the world. You know, extraordinary people are that way. In my high school, we had two world-class 
athletes in, in track. And one of them worked out quite a bit. You always see him working out and stuff. And the other one, any chance he could, he, he wouldn't work out. I learned the history of him. He had this unusual muscular development where, um, let's see, his bones grew too fast, and his muscles grew too fast, and his bones grew too fast, and his muscles grew too fast. And he was one of the fastest 100-yard dash and 220-yard dash sprinters in the world. He was of the top ten. But that's how that's what happened to him is he had all kinds of physical awkwardness up into high school uh, before everything, well, late, late grammar school, before everything lined up and he became just an extraordinary physical machine. So, you know, in this show and next hour, we would like to encourage you to take a look at what prisons and what lessons that you are living with today and start to notice what you're using to try to numb them out today and then consider that maybe numbing out isn't the best approach and then maybe consider how you can work through them. Uh, next hour, what we're going to do is uh, share with you powerful affirmations that you can use and adjust to your own life and start using them to start moving through whatever your prison or lesson is. You, you know, s- sports all over the world uh, has a lot of the idea of we're the best or we got to beat them and then we won and everything. And there's tremendous ego-based desperation to win, and, and it's at such a level now that we have steroids, um, Chinese using cord- cordyceps, uh, all kinds of ways to cheat to win because we're hung up on winning. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. We're talking about what lessons do you have in your life or prisons do you have in your life, and we're going to talk more about that when we come back. Stay with us. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts. You know, we take a lot of these uh, personal prisons and cover, try to cover them up. You know, other personal prisons that we haven't talked about yet are emotions. And we all have, been, uh, have come into earth with various different emotions. Most of us have one or two or three that constantly keep popping up over and over and over again. Not to say that you only have those, but you ever notice that you run into people that are constantly disappointed everywhere that where they go, they're disappointed about stuff, or embarrassed, or frustrated, or geez, they can never get over guilt, or they can never get over rage, they're just constantly running in rage, or jealousy, the list goes on. This also would be a prison, a personal prison or lesson. So, so the uh, basically the habitual thought form is running loose and running them, and it, it yanks their strings. They don't yank its string. They don't control it. It controls them. Totally. And, you know, the thing of it is is that 
we when we are uh, designing when our higher self is designing our pre-birth contracts, you know it's written into there. You're going to focus on hate, jealousy, and lust in this lifetime, or bitterness, disappointment, and uh, fear this lifetime. You know, usually it's two or three that are our major ones, and our job is to come here and keep experiencing them and learn how to mature them. Now, one of the things that we tend to do is we cover these things up, these very uncomfortable feelings. We cover them up with alcohol or drugs or tobacco or caffeine. You know, and the list of food, sugar, gambling, shopping, sex, internet. The list goes on of the things that we use to cover them up. Then guess what? Then that becomes our prison. So now we have the prison of we're addicted to alcohol. And then you have to go underneath that to find what the prison is that caused you to do the alcohol. Prison that you're covering. That's right. Because... Because not many people are addicted to alcohol that don't have something underneath that they're trying to cover. Some people have talents or jobs where they're virtually imprisoned to them, like an athlete has to um, keep his diet good, has to get rested right, has to get exercise right, and has to keep pressing, pressing his limitations. And that's his prison. You know, you can have a prison which is a delight for you, or you can have a begrudging prison where, you know, I just don't really feel like it. I have to do this every day. And then um, pride, if it's from your ego, it could be, it would be an imprisonment. If it's from your character, it's good to have pride of character. It means you do a uh, good job kind of thing. There's things like, I'm the best or I'm the worst. And, uh, you know, if your judgment is too strong on yourself or others, you know, you're going to bang around between the walls of the extremes of them. Best, worst, best, worth, instead of, well, I could do better or that wasn't so good. You're going, uh, you know, why should I even live? I'm terrible. I'm awful. Every every bad thing. Or I'm better than everyone else. So that shows you have a really problem when when you are to one extreme or you're banging uh, back and forth between the two extremes. Uh, some people go, you know, I have to be smart. I'm so smart. I'm the smartest. And, and other people are going, I'm not very smart. And basically, you know, get a reasonable assessment of yourself and then just make the most of it. Make the most of what you're given. Make the most of your situation. Uh, pretty or not pretty, make the most of whatever you are. Here's some people, many people, your religion's the only way, yet your life is far from perfect. So how can you say your religion's the only, the only way when your life isn't close to being the example of a person who has everything in their life handled? You can't know the religion uh, roots to God. You can't know that that's true if you're not living it and an example of it. You know, it's like you're a counterfeit there. So you, if your religion is the best then you would be the best example of the best religion. Otherwise, you won't know it, and neither will anyone else. You know, I would really like if you would uh, take a hard look at yourself tonight on this show and start looking at which prisons you're living in, which 
emotions, which dysfunctions, and what you're covering it with so that you can begin to look at what you're willing to go to work on and start to transform it. Uh, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charme Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. You know, next hour we're actually going to uh, really tell you how to create powerful, empowering affirmations to change these patterns. So if you set yourself up this hour, next hour you'll get some good tools. Stay with us. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charme Amber. We're talking about a movie that we saw yesterday, Into the Wild, where a young man runs from his dysfunctional family rather than dealing with his dysfunctional family. And he runs off to the Alaskan wilderness that he perceives to be where he's free only for that wilderness to turn into its own prison. And, you know, we have people doing this all the time. It's just different versions. Mm-hmm. You know, people do it with cigarettes. It's like, you know, Keith and I know some uh, various people. Everybody knows people who smoke. But with these particular people, two in particular that I know of, the reason they're smoking is because they don't want to see certain aspects of themselves clearly. That's it. That's what they're running from. And so they smoke to keep things clouded, to keep themselves just just slightly offbeat so they don't see things clearly. It's a toxic thing, so you're toxing yourself up for some reason. Uh, it's certainly not to see things clearly or to have your highest performance. You know, I notice smoking is for people just who don't know how to deal with stress, and that's the way they found to do it. And then also I notice many people smoke... Like you say, to it, it goes along with clouding things, so you don't see things crystal clear. There's always a cloud, so you don't really have to deal with it that face on face. And you know, cigarettes is just one thing. I know other people who they're in the middle of difficult challenges inside themselves that are so overwhelming, they don't somehow know how to deal with it, so they turn to alcohol or drugs, prescription and otherwise. You know. People a lot of times feel okay because they've gone on, say, antidepressant drugs. And, you know, I'm no doctor, and I'm not here to tell you to go off your prescription drugs, but I am here to ask you, what are you using that to cover up for? And if you could go underneath and figure out what it is that's depressing you and deal with that, do you think that you could get free? You know, it it becomes what owns you. The question becomes what owns you. You know, it's kind of interesting. People go to therapists to process. And they process and process and process and process. You know, sometimes if you're able to find yourself a healer who can get underneath all that processing and just point to the issue at hand, suddenly you don't need all that processing. Suddenly you have clarity of what's going on way underneath causing all the other problems and you can go directly to that and deal with it and you can do what a therapist would take three, four, five, ten years. You can do in an hour because you go right down underneath into the heart of it. But you know what, you guys? You are able to do that 
today if you want. You know, I would I would like you to look at the different areas in your life that that uh, occupy you or own your time or take up your consciousness. Computer games, um, TV, um, being overly competitive, lying, cheating, all kinds of different things that own you that keep you from looking at yourself more clearly and then dealing with that underlying issue so that you can get free. So I think what we're coming down to is balanced living because balance is your fastest, purest way to go the furthest and the best if you're balanced reasonably. You know, I mean, there's cycles and ebbs and flows, but if you can stay relatively balanced, you know, like you're on the waves and all that kind of thing, and you keep, just keep balanced and buoyant in the middle of the stuff instead of you getting all tied into it, or way off balance with things. And there's sort of three things you want to look at for a, at a whole life that is balanced, balanced living. Number one is you take care of yourself and your life. You're responsible. You take care of yourself and your life. Number two, you enjoy your life. Number three, you have growth and fulfillment from advancing in life, you know, like... Uh, let's say something you enjoy, but you know after 20 times and sometimes it's 400 times, it's not so enjoyable anymore. So y- you want to grow to levels of further fulfillment, and growth is one of the main keys to having continuous fulfillments. Growth is like you're evolving, you're developing, developing, you're advancing, and then there's fulfillment of, of deep soul value that you naturally feel, and it propels you to even do more in your life. So growth and fulfillment would be the third one. Number one, take care of your yourself and your life. Number two, enjoy your life. Number three, have uh, continual growth and fulfillment so that you look forward to each day and you're developing, not just standing still, uh, taking up space. Number four in that list is that you stop seeing these uh, issues as problems and start seeing them as lessons. You know, all this thing, all these things that we covered up with, the alcohol, drugs, tobacco, caffeine, etc., all those things that we covered up with, they aren't the problem. The problem is why you're using those things to cover something else up. If you could go into those things with key three points plus, say you have a dysfunctional family, instead of it's all my parents' fault, which is what this young man in the movie Into the Wild, you know, I mean, he had some... It took him a long time to realize that he had a piece of that. Yes, it took him a long time. We do need one another. Right. And in fact, if he could have, instead of saying, boy, they're real jerks or... However, he would have said it. Instead of saying that, say, gosh, why would I have chosen parents like that? Because guess what, guys? We do. We choose our parents and all their pretty or ugliness, whatever it is that they bring to the picture, we chose them. So instead of saying, I come from a dysfunctional family and I'm all messed up and I hate it and I'm going to leave, 
It's like, why did I choose this family? What lessons do I have? How do I deal with those lessons? And, and he, he was, in his case, blaming them. Big time. And didn't see any, and anything on his shoulders. Blaming them and um, making them suffer. Like, yeah. you know, he was like intentionally going to make them pay. For what, for what they did, how they were. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. So, balanced, wholesome living, number one, you take care of yourself, your life. Number two, you enjoy your life. Number three, you have growth and fulfillment for that, perpetual growth and fulfillment, natural uh, self-esteem and all that comes with that. And number four, it goes from my problems and challenges that transmutes, if you'll take it there, to these are my lessons, and you can transmute in that into the idea that these are my opportunities to upgrade. <laughs> Life. Life is one continual opportunity to upgrade, let me tell you. That's all it is. And you know what? After you get done with this life, then it's a continual opportunity to upgrade your soul. And your soul is going to do it where your soul comes from. And she, he will decide at some time to come back to Earth or to go to another planet. And they're going to continue many opportunities to upgrade. And then they're going to die from there and go back to where their home is to many opportunities to upgrade. And then they're going to keep evolving. And eventually they'll get enlightened enough that they get to go from the fourth dimension to the fifth dimension. And then guess what? There will be many opportunities to upgrade. Do you get the point? It doesn't ever go away. Life from the time we're born out of God till the time that we remerge with God is a continual opportunity to grow. And challenges will be placed before us forever. So you can throw a fit about, I don't like this, or you can get on board and go, gosh, life is a continual challenge and opportunity to grow. So what's my challenge today? Let's do it. And as you, you know, you, you can exercise all kinds of muscles. You can go to the gym and exercise those muscles. You can get on the computer and exercise those muscles. Or, and you can also exercise the how do we uh, work on ourselves and continually come up to the plate to the challenges and get that muscle so exercised that it becomes not a very big deal. And then you like fly through life, ever stepping up the steps to enlightenment. So um, when you are continuously upgrading as a daily lifestyle, the payoff comes every day after that. <laughs> That's so true. The payoff comes when you pass away because we are in eternal souls. The payoff comes your next lifetime. And if you don't know it now, as you continually upgrade, your integrity increases, your morality increases, your mastery over your uh, ego and imbalances increase. So continuously upgrade is you simply master your life and the quality and integrity of your life better and better. And every tomorrow, you, you're, you're getting dividends from that. Every next future life, when you pass away, you're, you're getting it uh, paid back to you at that time. And it's nice to have good karma coming at you instead of, uh, boy, i got to pay for that too, and i got to pay for that too. And why do I get penalized when these people... 
everything's working well for them, and I got all these problems. I had it when I was born. Well, we earn it. You reap what you sow. You know, it's kind of interesting in this movie, once again, Into the Wild, one of the things he somehow decided was that money was the root of all evil. His parents had it, and he didn't want any. And, you know, I was commenting to Keith, uh, again, we paused the movie in chat, and I go, money isn't the root of all evil. Money is irrelevant. You know, the, the thing, you know, there's um, there's a crew of people out there that think money is the problem, and actually... What we do with money is the problem. Money, That's right. Money isn't the problem. Money is how you have a fair exchange of services or goods, you know, and hopefully people are in a fair exchange. When they're not in a fair exchange, that's their karma. You don't need to worry about it. Just go somewhere else. You know, if they're being too greedy, their day will come when they get to deal with that. But the bottom line is, in terms of money, it's, you know, are you overcharging or are you doing fairness? When you get your money, how do you use it? Are you using it fairly? You know, you have a right to have a good life. There's nothing wrong with money as long as whatever the underlying intent in intent is, is good. You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, people that have judgments about money. And then I look at people like, for instance, the Gateses who have got a lot of money, and they're using a lot of it pretty cool to help a lot of people on Earth. So, you know, they're people who figured out how to make gobs of money in the billions, and then they've taken half their fortune so far and given it away to help uh, humanity in medical ways. So, you know, that's called good intent. So you want to notice that about money and not, you know, it isn't... People that have a lot of money are bad people. depends on what they're doing with it. So the first level of success, we'll say, is earning the money, getting a business that you know is valuable to life. The second level, if you've earned a lot of money, is how do you appropriately spend that money? And it's not just uh, to indulge your ego and your selfishness. If you're of any caliber... You will feel the burden of your money. Like I got, uh, somehow I got privilege. You know, uh, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that work just as hard as I do, but somehow I got the money and they didn't. So perhaps maybe I owe something back. Maybe I could, uh, maybe I could reward life back and uh, make a full circle out of this instead of hoard it for my own egos, selfish. Uh, or, or my empire that I'm building for the flourishing of my ego. Maybe I can go beyond that, and how can I make, how can I support, how can I assist life to dance better, because i got extra money here. I'm not going to use all of it. How can I make life dance better? What would be the best use of my money? And I'll tell you, if you pray, not only for money, if you're needing money or for the right job, but let's say you have the money and you pray for the right direction to use it, a lot of times you're going to get directed. So set yourself up for the next hour when what we're going to do is take uh, teach how to do really powerful affirmations. So how you set yourself up for that is begin to notice between now and the end of the hour which areas that you have that are your internal prisons. And try to notice also what you do to cover those internal prisons. What way do you use in your life? Is it fast food? Is it TV? 
you know, is it alcohol, is it um, gambling, is it obsessive computer use? Just take a look at where, what owns you in your life and start to take a look at what you would be willing to do to start shifting these. You know, it's never really good to take on more than one thing at a time when you're working at deep soul change because if you try to take on too much at a time, it's too big of a shift. So you really want to pick one. One area that you would really like to set yourself up and start to do a, a major change in your life on one area. You know, it's a really cool thing because when you do that and you start noticing how good you feel out of doing that, then you start getting a momentum to continue to do that in other areas. Yeah, it's very fulfilling. It's hugely fulfilling. This is how you build on your um, self-esteem. This is this growth fulfillment thing. You keep upgrading, and sometimes upgrading is simply dealing with something that's been a mess for years, and that would be your upgrade. Upgrade sometimes is going backwards and dealing with something that you haven't got dealt with yet. AA is good at that, aren't they? I, I the think AA, so. The 12-step system. Mm -hmm. I understand. I don't know what step it is, four, I think, or five or that they make you go back and, you know, make a list of all the wrongs you've done and uh, go back and clean them up. Or, or the habits or bad attitudes that own you. Yeah, and clean them up. Right. And that's that's what you got to do. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. We'll be right back. Here's another really important uh, point that you want to remember through all this over and over and over and over and over and over and over. You want to keep saying this to yourself. I chose this lesson. <laughs> I chose this lesson. In all of your mis misbelieving, like, I can't believe I would have chosen this. And believe me, in my life I've had a few times when I just sat down and said, what was I thinking? You have to keep remembering you chose this lesson. And you know what happens when you keep repeating that over and over and over and over in your head? is It starts to uh, apply WD-40 to the creaky door that you have closed to the understanding of why you chose that lesson. And when you start lubricating that door with, I chose this lesson, repeating it like a mantra, and that door starts getting loosened and starts opening. You know what? In comes understanding about why you chose that lesson. And when you can start getting understanding of why you chose that lesson, suddenly it becomes more palatable. It's like, oh, my God, I did that. Oh, my God, I was like that. Oh, my God, how awful. And you can start going, okay, so I understand why I have this in my life. And now I will in earnest go to work on it. So a beautiful mantra is, I chose this lesson. I chose this lesson over and over again so that you can really get it, that this is here for your for your higher good. Whatever it is, it's here for your higher good so that you can figure out what your prison is, why it's your prison, and then you will start to see how to get through it. So here's... Uh Here's an idea of love, 
And to do these things, we have to love ourselves. So this is loving ourselves and loving others. These things are sometimes can be called synonymous with love. Forgiveness is of love. Selfless helpfulness is of love. Goodwill is of love. Compassion is of love. You do whatever is appropriate that it takes to make things right is of love. So those things are of the substance of love, taking care of your life, your responsibilities, or helping others. One more time. These things are uh, portions of love. Forgiveness. When you forgive, you are loving. Selfless helpfulness is of love. Goodwill is of love. Compassion to yourself, to others, is of love. Um, you do whatever is appropriate that it takes to make things right. You know, like sometimes you have really tough things at business or with your marriage or with your kids or in life, and you have to do tough love or you have to do love that's very, it takes a lot out of your hide to do it, but it's the right thing to do for the situation that you're in. So you do whatever is appropriate that it takes, whatever it is that it takes to make it right to get it right and these are things out of the substance of love love will take you all the way home home's a safe place home's a place where you can regenerate and go forward love will take you there these are components of love I chose this lesson you keep saying it and pretty soon your mind starts going why would I have done that I chose this lesson. And it's like you start convincing yourself so that you start opening the door of, okay, well then why? And as that door of understanding opens and you start getting answers, my goodness, that so, so paves the way to getting through the lesson. I know some very bright people that just assume that the problem that they're in, they're part of it, and they go after the problem from that point of view. Immediately. Without having to know what it was. Yep. Really a shortcut to fast evolving and humbleness. Yep. Next hour, we're going to cover how to do kick-ass affirmations.